Welcome to the Growth Lab, a monthly podcast for ambitious go-getters, creative souls, and lifelong learners. I am your host, Maitane Zarate, and this is a space where we like to exchange experiences, encourage positive change, and inspire healthy growth. If that sounds like a bit of you, then don't forget to hit the follow button so that you can join us on the shared path towards learning how to live more intentionally, improve ourselves, and get the fuel we need to get one step closer to our dreams and goals. Hey, hey, grower. Thanks for joining me once again for the final sprint of the year. It could also be that you're listening to this a bit later in the future. I don't know, already somewhere in 2023, and that's fine too. This episode will still be relevant because even if this episode is titled End of the Year Reflection, I think these prompts and questions that I'm going to go through today can also serve you at any other point in life. Reflections don't need to happen just once a year. I mean, we've kind of collectively decided that this is a good time or the time to rethink our lives and motivate ourselves for change and to achieve new things, which is great. I think end of cycles are a good way to keep reminding ourselves to find some stillness in the middle of all the hustle and slow down the fast rhythm that we're usually living at. It helps us pause our autopilot function for a sec and really think and become more aware of things. So once a year is definitely better than nothing, but taking the time to regularly check in with yourself, reflect on key areas and events of your life, and evaluate what's working and what's not can be a life-changing habit or practice. And so I really think we should get used to doing it more often. There's great power in self-reflection. We simply don't tap into it enough. We're kind of submerged in a culture that's super focused on productivity and achievement, where we're rushing from one milestone to the next without really taking enough time to, yeah, to take it all in, to celebrate, to evaluate and digest or question our direction and understand why we operate the way we do. So many people end up stuck in this mindset of, yeah, this is just how things are. This is just how things have always been. And so that's why as the end of the year approaches, we can either continue with, you know, business as usual, move on to our next chapter and never look back, or we can take the time to pause and reflect on the lessons and events that have shaped us along the way. We can collect all the valuable data and information about ourselves that's part of our past experiences and use it because although a year goes by pretty fast, it's a whole lot of time where a whole lot of things happen. Those things, those experiences keep shaping us. And so if we don't stop every once in a while to ask ourselves if we like the direction where things are going, we might end up in places we really don't want to be in or repeating patterns we don't really like. Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that no matter what day you're living in, today is as good as any other day to go through this reflection together. 
So the idea for today's episode is that I will be sharing some questions that are supposed to invite you and guide you to reflect on your past year so that you can gain clarity about what you experienced, what you learned, what you want to let go of, what you want to keep and double down on, and what you want to change. And I'll also be sharing a little bit of my own personal answers with you, which might serve as examples to help you search for your own answers better. And if you want to dive into this exercise fully and on your own, you have all the 25 end-of-the-year reflection prompts linked in the show notes. And there's a great plus about going through this end-of-year reflection now, which is that it will help you gain clarity and perspective about yourself so that you can use that insight to set your focus and direction for 2023. Because, I mean, at this time of the year, more than half of the population is setting their New Year's resolutions. And I understand why. I also like to dream big and think about the things that I want to bring into my life for the year ahead. And I get excited about the new milestones and versions of myself I want to unlock. But The way that I see it, there's no use in diving into New Year's resolutions and setting goals for the upcoming year if, one, you don't know why you're headed in that direction in the first place, like you're not clear on why those things have meaning to you, and two, you are not aware of the roadblocks and patterns that have stopped you from achieving those goals in the past. Maybe you need readjustments. Maybe you need to think about things differently. Maybe your approach so far has been all wrong. Maybe you no longer want what you thought you wanted. Maybe you've discovered new things about yourself, new truths. Maybe you've become more self-aware. If you are planning future decisions with little self-knowledge, how can you be sure that those decisions that you're making and the path that you're carving are actually the most suitable for you? What I mean is that when you don't really know you, like who you are, what you want, how things impact you. It's like the blind leading the blind. That's why conducting an end-of-the-year reflection can bring us great value when it comes to gaining clarity and perspective on our lives. So, yeah, enough with this rant. I think I've made the point of this end-of-year reflection quite clear. Um, So let's get into it. All right, so the first question that we're going to begin with is what three words would you use to describe your year? And it might sound like a very simple and straightforward question at first, but it's supposed to help you identify the events and factors that have stuck with you the most this year. And it's supposed to give you insight about what has shaped you and what you deem is important in your life. So think about it. What defines your year? What three words would you describe to define your year? For me, those three words are change, honesty, and enjoyment. I've done this exercise before. Um, Actually, this year I did it with some of my best friends. We just got together and prepared dinner, got some wine, got our journals, and did the end of the year reflection together. And it was Yeah, interesting to see that all of us had change among our three words. And I'm sure that many of you will probably also have change among your three words because it's part of life and almost impossible to avoid 
in a 365-day cycle. But it's also very likely that the change that I have experienced in my life this year has absolutely nothing to do with the type of change you've experienced in your life this year. Because change comes in many ways, levels and forms. There's change we choose and change that forces itself upon us. There's change that comes progressively and change that comes abruptly out of the blue. And that's usually the hardest one to adjust to. Then there's change that tilts your life slightly and change that gives your life an 180 degree turn. Sometimes for the better and others not so much. But we somehow always manage to make something out of it. So I just wanted to say that if you've been through that type of change this year, the type of change that comes in like a tornado in your life, I think it's particularly important to learn more about the impact that it's had on you so that you can be aware of the weight of the consequences that that change has had in your life, both positive and negative, and respond more intentionally. So how does that change make you feel? Do you wish you could undo it or are you glad that it happened? And if so, why? Is it easy to find something to be grateful for in that change or is it excruciatingly hard? What type of chain reactions does that change come with? What new things has brought into your life? I encourage you to go deep into all of these little questions surrounding your three words and write it all down because I think you'll be surprised with the things that come out from there. It can help you make peace with the past, understand what happened better, and gain a more clear perspective about how this change has shaped you or is still shaping you, how these three words or these events that have stuck with you most from your past year have shaped you. Personally, the biggest change for me this year has come in relation to purpose and career alignment, for example. It was chosen, but it didn't happen overnight. It took some time for me to accept that I had to make this change if I wanted to live more authentically and be fully honest with myself. That's also why my second word of the year is honesty. And when I finally did, that change came with many other little collateral changes that I'm still adjusting to because change is never smooth. But thankfully, this is the type of change I'm definitely grateful and excited for. So yeah, just think of your three words and dissect them a little, go into them, see what you find in there. Then the second question is, what was the most challenging part of the year for you and why? So for me, I think that it was following my intuition and trusting my gut feeling, even if it meant diving headfirst into something uncertain and taking a path that I had no idea how to navigate, like no clue at all. Something that I had never done before and that I didn't have any reassurance that it would work out. So like ditching a sense of safety and security and search for greater alignment, I guess, was one of the main challenges of my past year. And then also, especially during the first half of the year, I was dealing with quite a lot of self-doubt. And that was something a bit new and uncomfortable for me because I'm a person who has generally been quite confident in myself. 
I obviously have my insecurities and moments where I don't feel 100% confident, but in general, I've always had this self-conviction and belief inside of me that, yeah, that I've got something valuable to add or bring to the table. But for some reason in my previous job, I kept doubting this. I kept having this annoying little voice inside of me that would tell me that I was not good enough, that I was not knowledgeable enough, that I was not adding enough value, that I didn't belong in like a very subliminal way. So it's not that I would catch myself thinking these thoughts specifically, but it was more of like a feeling that I couldn't shake off. I could see how it was starting to yeah, to change the way that I showed up at work even. Instead of being my usual self, proactive and confident and not afraid to share ideas and take space, I had to do like a constant effort to remind myself to be me and to be my authentic self and speak up and to trust myself. Like I had to consciously reinforce my self-confidence and self-trust because I could see that it was shaky in a way that I hadn't experienced before and the weirdest thing is that although my teammates and colleagues would frequently give me kudos and recognize my work or be really supportive I kept putting everyone around me on a pedestal and putting myself someplace under somehow thinking that I should be doing so much better or so much more so what I'm trying to say is that that experience really taught me and showed me firsthand that no matter how much people around you appreciate you or value you or know your worth, no matter how much they validate you and show you, if you can't see it for yourself and truly believe it, you'll continue to shrink and hold yourself back. Self-confidence is a power that only you can give to yourself. So if you keep relying on others to give that to you and expecting that that is going to fix you, you are going to be waiting your whole life. It's just such an inside job and something that I think needs to be practiced and exercised constantly in order to reinforce it. It's like your inner narrative. At the end of the day, the story that you keep telling yourself about yourself is the story you're going to believe and what you believe is going to shape the way you show up and behave. So in your case, if I ask you what was the most challenging part for you this year, where did you find friction? What were the things that you were struggling with? You can probably point them out to me. I'm sure you can name them. But can you identify the root reason of why you were battling with those things in the way that you were? Because I think that's where you can get most of the insight here, most of the valuable info about yourself. In my case, I think factors such as putting too much pressure on myself, comparison, lack of alignment, connection, or belonging maybe even, and placing too much importance in others' opinion about me were key in me struggling with the things I previously mentioned I struggled with. And therefore, things that I now know I have to pay attention to and that I want to work on in the coming year. Then question number three, what is something that you accomplished this year that you are proud of? And I like this question because I think we need to give ourselves a little bit more credit. We've just talked about what were some of the most challenging things for us this year. 
And there's probably many things that we set off to do that we weren't able to achieve in the end. But what about the ones that we have? I'm sure you've also accomplished many things that you can celebrate and be proud of. No matter how big or small, you've moved through discomfort in search of something better. You've kept pushing forward, looking for improvement and long-term happiness, and you should thank yourself for it. Savior it a little, you know? Not only the things that we're able to physically tick off and complete deserve a feeling of reward and accomplishment. I mean, those two, of course, but what about the way you've carried yourself through shit times? What about the compassion and understanding you've held for others? What about the little progress and small decisions that you've made for your own good day after day? The way that you keep trying and don't give up on certain things. All of that is fucking incredible. I think all of that is something to be proud of. This year, for example, when I was just a couple months in after, yeah, setting up my business or starting on my own, I got one of my first potential client replies agreeing to meet. And I jumped in my chair and did a little celebratory dance. And I know it's dumb, but I don't care. I allowed myself to let it sink in and savor it and feel proud about it. Maybe it's the smallest thing, but celebrating it and counting it as a win reinforces the feeling that I can and makes me a little extra happy for the day. So why not? Like finish lines and milestones and certificates and numbers occupy such a big part of our headspace, but often when we finally reach them, we quickly forget about them because something new takes their place. Like there's such a fleeting high. So it's important to also take inventory of all the little wins you've had this year. I'm proud of taking a risk this year and starting something from zero without any guarantee of where it would lead me. I'm also celebrating the fact that I've been much more unapologetic about my day-to-day decisions in order to prioritize my happiness over anything else. I've been super focused in prioritizing enjoyment and doing things that are meaningful to me and reinforcing that type of mindset and attitude is something that I thank myself for and that I celebrate. I'm also celebrating the fact that I've become better at speaking up, speaking my mind, and embracing my authentic self more and accepting that whoever loves me will love me and whoever won't, won't. And that I'm not built to fit in every box. I'm proud that I've finished a half marathon when I wanted to quit a hundred times. I'm proud that I've become better at asking for help and opening up to people. All of these little things are important, I think, because if we can't stop every once in a while to appreciate and celebrate the things that we do have, even the small things we've accomplished, then what's the point of going after them in the first place? So go ahead and write them down, all of your little and big wins of the year. Contemplate them and allow yourself to feel proud and accomplished because you've tried and you've done a lot. Then moving on to question number four, what did you learn about yourself this year? So this question can refer to small realizations about yourself or bigger aha moments that you've had about yourself this year. So could be anything like maybe you've realized it was time to leave behind something or someone you used to love because it was no longer serving you as it used to or the connection was no longer there. 
maybe you were going after a goal or project whose initial vision or meaning doesn't fit with you anymore. Or maybe you've overcome certain obstacles and realized that you're capable of much more than you think. You're much stronger and resilient than you used to give yourself credit for. Maybe you've been through an experience that has proved yourself wrong in regards to some of your beliefs. Maybe you've identified and understood some of the triggers behind your anxiety or other emotional responses that you have. Maybe you learned that you were acting in ways that were hurting or annoying other people and you've had the self-awareness to accept the feedback and are now working on shifting that behavior. Maybe you found a new passion. Maybe you've fallen in love with a new hobby. Maybe you've become interested in learning and geeking out about a new field or topic that you're into. It can be anything. So I'm just trying to give you some examples and ideas of where you can go looking for these learnings about yourself. It's both small and big realizations that matter here. And writing them down will help you consolidate them in your head so that they're not just like a two-second thought passing by in your head, but rather something that you're really conscious about and that you can take into account in your future decisions. One of the learnings I gathered this year, for example, both through my own experience and people close to me, is that inauthenticity, like operating in ways that are not true to who you are, comes at a high price. That when you stay for too long around places and people that are not for you and acting in ways that don't come naturally from who you really are, eventually you're going to end up paying a price. And that can come in many shapes and forms, imposter syndrome, anxiety and stress, frustration, even bigger health issues. So this for me has underlined the importance of reminding myself to pay attention to the situations where I am in total flow. Those situations in which I feel there's like a smooth sink between the people, the work, or the task at hand that I'm interacting with and myself, where I don't have to think too hard about adapting to the energy in the room, but rather allow my true self to come out more naturally. Because I think those are the places where we can do our best work and show up as the best version of ourselves. I really think those are the relationships and places that fuel us and bring the best out of us. Another thing um, that I thought quite a lot about looking back on this past year is that we usually hear a lot that we're one big decision away from changing our lives. But I think maybe it's more important to pay attention to all of the little decisions that we keep on taking that end up leading to that big decision. And that goes both for big decisions that take your life to new heights and change your life for the better, but also for the big decisions that end up ruining your life completely. Because before getting to that point, there's been so many smaller decisions that have been made beforehand and that have allowed that bigger decision to take place. Just as an example, this year I made a big decision, at least for me, regarding my career to quit my job and start my own business. That's a decision that shapes my life in many ways. But probably I wouldn't have made that bigger decision if I hadn't decided to move to Amsterdam when I finished my studies, for example, or if I hadn't been around people 
who have an entrepreneurial spirit and who have done it before. Or if I hadn't made the decision to save a certain amount of money from my salary every month, ever since I started working. I guess what I'm trying to say is that small things lead up to big things. So make sure you choose your small things wisely. Then question number five, our next question, is what did you learn about the world this year? And there's a few learnings that I've thought about that I've gathered from some of my experiences this year. And one of them is that we all process things differently and that your own way to process something might not be the right way for someone else because we all move through our journeys at a different pace and we can't ask people to shift gears on theirs. A little bit in relation to that, I also learned that you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. We don't like to admit it. We like to believe that we can change people, but the truth is we can only do so much. You can guide, you can offer your company, your support, but until that person finds something deep within themselves, a conviction, a motivational factor, a sense of hope or purpose, and decides to be an active participant in that change, there's not much you can do. Understanding that it's not our job or that we're not here to save or fix others and that people can only save themselves can be a hard pill to swallow. But in not doing so, we risk losing ourselves in the process. If we don't put some space in between and learn to accept that we can take someone else's battles, it can end up consuming a lot of your energy and feel like we're constantly banging our head against the wall. And lastly, something I realized about the world this year is that everywhere you go, there will always be people around you in your life who have an inclination for drama, to overcomplicate and make a big deal out of things, to complain and focus on the negative stuff. And there will also be people who are the complete opposite, who are great vibes, who are light, who energize and uplift the people they touch, who choose to speak kind words instead of speaking shit, who are always coming up with solutions rather than pointing out problems. Those are our vitamin people. So I just hope that we keep gravitating towards those people. And on the other hand, that we also learn to set better boundaries with all of the negative Nancys because that energy rubs off on you. And it's the same way the other way around. Your energy rubs off on people too. So besides the impact that people have on us, I think we also need to do a bit of a self-audit every once in a while and think, is the energy I'm bringing to people, the way I'm showing up, the things I'm rubbing off on them, something positive? Because many times what we put out there is what we get back. So yeah, just a reminder to also look in the mirror and see what we're bringing to others. And what about you? What are the things that you learned about the world this year? Use this question to think about how the things work out there, to think about the things you've observed in the universe and how they affect you. Then moving on to the next question, name a few habits that have shaped your year 
either positively or negatively, and explain in which ways. And then decide which ones do you want to keep and which ones do you want to quit. Okay, so this question should help us think, how did we take care of ourselves this year? How did we take care of ourselves emotionally, mentally, and physically? So for me, I think my morning routine is one of the rituals that really improves my well-being. It helps me focus on myself and take care of my mental and physical state. There's a whole episode on it where I talk about the benefits that come from setting up and sticking to a morning routine that works for you. I think it's episode 11 if you want to have a listen. But answering the question, I think that my morning routine is a key part of taking care of myself and has really shaped me in many positive ways this year. That little bit of alone time to start the day more mindfully and in a slow way that's not rushed has become incredibly important to me and it's something that I definitely want to keep up this year. Those habits include going on lots of walks and being out in nature, spending time with myself, journaling my thoughts out so I can keep making better sense of myself and the world around me, and adding more movement into my life as well, whether that's yoga or stretching or some sort of exercise. But I definitely feel that those things keep me sane and much more balanced, both physically and mentally. Another habit that I believe continues to shape my year and my life in general is engaging in self-discovery and regularly doing check-in exercises with myself, just like this one, because it allows me to have more insight about why things are going the way they are and gives me clarity around how to steer things around when I feel the current direction of things is not serving me. It helps me be in alignment with myself, with who I am, and that helps everything else in my life work better. My relationships with others, the projects and new challenges I want to take on, and my whole lifestyle in general makes more sense when I know who I am and what I want. It helps me live more intentionally and stir my actions towards the things that bring me well-being and happiness. Other good ways in which I think I've taken better care of myself this year is opening up more and getting better at asking for help or support when I'm going through some sort of low. I feel most of us are great at sharing our highs and good moments, but it's much harder to share our pain or discomfort. I think maybe because we feel like no one is feeling what we're feeling and therefore they won't be able to understand. It's hard being vulnerable because there's always some sort of shame that's hidden in our pain or our suffering, so we try to keep it to ourselves. But I've tried to push myself a bit more this year not to bottle things up and be more honest about how I'm feeling with the people around me, even if it doesn't look pretty sometimes. And every time that I have, I've felt much more relieved and lighter afterwards. So yeah, I'd count learning to be more vulnerable as a good habit to take care of myself emotionally and something I'd like to keep practicing in the following year. Then on the flip side, regarding the habits that I think have shaped my year negatively and that I want to quit this year are firstly, screen time. I think my nose is stuck to my phone much more than I'd like to. And so, although it's becoming an increasingly more relevant device in my life, especially now that it's so tied to my job, I'd still like to work on being much more detached from it this year. 
to pay more attention to the relationship I have with it as well as how and when I use it and to mark some limits. I've also been having lots of headaches this year and I believe reducing my screen time and trying to use my devices a little bit more mindfully should definitely help. And then the second habit that I want to quit is always rushing myself. And I mean rushing myself in many different ways. It happens with work, with projects and tasks that I end up leaving for last minute, but also in my commitments with people. I hate the feeling of stress and pressure involved in making people wait or being late to places, and yet it's something that I really struggle with. I frequently come across this issue because A, I keep wanting to fit an unrealistic amount of things in a short period of time, and B, I am way too optimistic about how long things are going to take me. So although I believe I have improved in comparison to previous stages of my life, time management is definitely still in my to-do list and something that I'm going to have to keep working on this year. And to finish off, I also want to reflect on the new habits that I want to build and that I think will contribute to my well-being. These are, first of all, to start practicing meditation and breath work more consistently and take it a little bit more seriously because this past year I've noticed that I've been much more anxious and I've found myself feeling stressed or agitated but not being able to pin down exactly the reason behind that, like where that that anxiety was coming from. And so I want to start investing more time and dedicating a little bit of time every day to getting my mind more calm and still and being able to catch and identify any sources of anxiety before the bucket overflows. So if anyone has good guided meditations or breathwork exercises, I'd be really happy to hear about them. So feel free to send me a message on Instagram with your recommendations. That said, another thing that I want to work on in terms of habits this year is my relationship with food. I want to understand it better and I want to improve it by learning how consuming different foods affects my health and energy levels, as well as when I consume them, like how depending on the order or the time when I consume that food, how it affects me. And in my case, I think that when or that timing is particularly important because I feel I tend to rely on food a lot when I'm anxious, nervous, bored, sad, or just not really present. And that leads to impulsive eating or not being able to stop even when I'm full, which is something that my poor stomach probably doesn't deserve. So I'm going to try to pay more attention to this this year and learn new things in this area so I can try to learn how to eat more mindfully. And lastly, I'd like to create a good wind down routine for myself because I've seen what a morning routine that I enjoy can do for my mood and health. And so I'd like to start implementing some sort of night ritual as well that will help me wind down, relax and get my mind and body ready for bed and a good night's sleep. Because I've realized that this year there's been many days where I've gone to bed way too late later than planned for sure, my brain still being way too active and agitated because I was on my phone until late. And that leads to me not resting well, not being recharged for the next day, and even aggravating my sleep paralysis, which is really annoying sometimes. So I want to close the day the same way I open it, 
more peacefully and with intention. So yeah, that's my little rundown on habit reflection. Time for you to think about which habits have shaped your year positively, which have shaped your year negatively, and then based on that, decide which ones you want to create for the new year. So our next question is, what are some positive memories that stand out to you from this past year? What excited you and brought you joy? And when I try to think of some of the greatest and happiest memories from this previous year, it's always the ones where I'm really in the moment, like fully immersed in the moment and really taking it all in and kind of in awe of how magical that moment in question felt. My brain not only remembers the images that come to mind with those memories, but also like that blissful feeling attached to them. Like when I think about it, I just get like little flashbacks of moments, but I also remember the feeling and it's like, I don't know, me on someone's shoulders on a festival or like rolling around in the snow with my friends in a mountain in Austria or just like crying of laughter with my flatmates at home from something really dumb and stupid. It's the little joys and the little moments and those moments usually feel like Things were right exactly as they were and in balance and in their place. And they have a lack of chaos and stress around them. And it's moments where I don't have a care in the world and I feel extremely grateful for experiencing them. It's the moments of peace mixed with moments of excitement and connection with others. Yeah, I think that's the pattern that I see among all of them. So, It's moments where I'm either on my own observing and admiring the world around me and feeling an immense feeling of gratitude, or I'm sharing a connection with someone I love, whether that's because we're sharing an intimate moment together or because we're behaving and laughing like kids and having fun. I think the key is in the fact that I'm really connected to the present moment in that positive experience, and I'm taking it all in. So what about you? What memories come to mind if I ask you to think about some of your happiest moments from this past year? What elements do they have in common? I think it's really insightful to document the moments where you feel most in love with your life, where you are, what you're doing, and who you are around. Then moving on to question number eight, what energized you this year and what drained you? This is a question that I really love because I think it's incredibly helpful to give you direction, to help you prioritize better, and help you gravitate towards the things that have meaning to you. And I like to revisit it every month whenever I'm filling my looking back section in my journal because it helps me clearly differentiate between what are the responsibilities and have-to-dos what's merely fluff in my life that I should consider getting rid of and what are the things that, you know, that light a spark in me and that I should do more of. So you can separate this question in two columns. On the left, energy takers and on the right, energy givers. And then list down in each of those columns the things that energize you or drained you this year. For me this year, it became more clear than ever that This podcast, The Growth Lab, and every other creative initiative revolving around this project energizes me. It motivates and inspires me kind of as if 
I were being like pulled by an invisible thread to keep going forward with this thing. And it's something that keeps coming up on my energy givers column time and time again. So although it takes a huge chunk of my time and it's sometimes hard to balance it all with my business and admin tasks and having a social life, I guess, even when it gets tricky to balance all of those things, I still know that it would be a mistake to cut down on this. I know that this is a project that I shouldn't put aside or ignore because if I would, I'd be neglecting myself from something that's important to me and that nurtures my soul and feels close to my purpose. On the contrary, if you're waking up every morning to do something that doesn't feel right for you and that you've lost the connection or engagement with, I think it's going to start feeling like a total energy taker. The duchies say, they have a saying that it's like, it feels as if you were pulling a dead horse. And if something starts to feel like that for you, I think you should pay attention. Don't ignore it. Don't keep like looking the other way. Act on it. Move away from the energy takers and move towards the energy givers. Because I'm 100% sure that your future self will thank you for it. And the same thing might happen with certain people and places. Maybe you realize meeting a certain group of friends or people in particular leaves you feeling drained, whereas hanging out with other people leaves you feeling energized, motivated, and pumped up. Well, that's some information for you right there. Again, don't ignore it. Act up on it. Another example might be that you feel drained going back to your hometown, but thriving when you're away. Or the complete opposite, you miss home like crazy and every time you're back with your family and lifelong friends, you get a part of yourself back. You're energized and buzzing. Well, take note of that too. And same thing goes for activities, for example. Like, did you come back from that new dance class, happy as a clam, jumping up and down? Or from that new art workshop that you tried? Or the play that you went to watch with your mom or that inspiring conversation you had at dinner with your friends. All of it has meaning and is sending you a message about where you should be gravitating towards in order to find more alignment. And I think that's why like doing little self-reflections every now and then, journaling, checking in with yourself helps you identify these things. So think to yourself, what are the people, places, projects, and activities that have stimulated and energized you this year? And on the contrary, like what are the ones that felt draining and a little soul-sucking? Just do a, a bit of a reflection on that. All right, so energy takers and energy givers checked. Let's move on to question number nine. If you could go back in time one year, what advice would you give that past version of yourself knowing what you know now? Personally, I think I'd try to give that version of myself two main messages or reminders. First of all, to trust my intuition, to be more in touch with myself and follow my gut feeling, to trust my own voice and opinion more, not to second guess it, and to trust myself enough, my capacity to dive into the things that scare me. Because looking back now, I really realize that if I lose that, I start to lose everything. And to be fair, although I'm able to see that much more clearly now, it took a little bit of struggle and friction at first, but 
I guess what matters is that I did trust my gut feeling in the end and that I'm getting much better at listening to myself and following my instinct. So who knows, maybe there was a future me whispering in my ear after all. And secondly, I would really tell myself to learn to accept the things that I can't control and to communicate my feelings of discomfort and frustration better and more openly. I think if I had followed this advice a little bit more, I would have spared myself quite a lot of anxiety or some anxious episodes this year. So although those would have been great reminders for my 2022 self, I'm definitely bringing them with me into the new year as well. And finally, to wrap things up with our final question, making a guess of how the year ahead will go for you, which words of advice would you give yourself to take with you for the upcoming year? If I'm honest, I have so many things that I want myself to be reminded of during this new year that's coming. I have a feeling it's going to be a year of big changes in some areas of my life with challenges and important decisions to make. So the first thing that I want to tell my future self is to celebrate my failures, no matter how big, because they're also steps that I need to go through in order to move forward and grow. So I hope that I do fail quite a lot in 2023, because that will mean that I'm trying, that I'm not playing small, and that I'm going for bigger things. So yeah, I hope that I remember that that I remind my 2023 me to embrace rejection and failure so that I can keep elevating through the nose and learning from my experiences. I hope that I keep investing in myself and that I never fall out of love from the process of becoming the best version of myself, that I always bring compassion, patience, and self-awareness with me on that journey, that I also learn to disconnect more, that I let go of the feeling that time is slipping through my fingers, I hope that I can create more moments of presence and stillness so that I get better at slowing down the clock and so that I can find wisdom and insight in the silence away from all the noise that's out in the world and that I keep prioritizing the time with myself and the relationship with myself. And last but not least, I want to remind my 2023 me that things will not always be okay, but that that's life and that I'll get through it. Luckily, this year for me has been a year where profound pain and suffering were not in the picture, but I've been there before, and people I love dearly have been there this year, and so those past experiences keep reminding me that loss and pain are often a big part of our lives, and so it's likely that we'll be broken and feeling pain, loss, and grief in different ways this year, and when that happens, I hope I can remember that the pain is not forever that there's always a better tomorrow in the horizon, that even when things feel dark and we can't see the end of the tunnel and we feel there's no way out, that we remind ourselves that we're resilient and strong enough to keep going towards the light, that we can learn to love our lives and ourselves again, that we can heal and we can get to the other side with a soft heart. Maybe some of this advice to my future self resonates or aligns with what you'd want to be reminded of the following year. But it's also very likely that it doesn't because we're all in different chapters going through different things. So I really suggest that you take pen and paper and write your own and then revisit that piece of advice every now and then during 2023 
whenever you feel you need a sounding voice to guide you because there's no better voice to do that than your own. That said, before signing off until the new year, I want to thank you for being on the other side and listening to all these little rants. It sometimes feels challenging to put myself out there and be vulnerable enough to share so many bits and parts of my personal and inner world, but when I finally get the courage to do so, I get messages from some of you telling me you feel seen or inspired or that you've gone through something similar, and so I stop worrying about what others will think so much and feel fulfilled and grateful to share what I'm most passionate about. So thank you really to everyone who has ever reached out or sent me a message sharing their personal story, what they're going through, or just giving me their feedback on how one of these episodes helped them or made them feel. It brings me so much joy and makes me feel a little bit more free to share what's on my heart. So truly, thank you. I wish all of you a soft landing into 2023 and that you make out of it whatever your heart needs the most this year. Happy New Year, everyone, and talk to you soon.